you know, you get to decide, like, you know, I could have taken the, the route of, oh, woe is me. And I have this, you know, horrible childhood and upbringing. And like, that's, you know, I can't do these things because of that. Um, and instead I said, no, if anything, this is going to be my fuel to do better. And I want to do better for me. I want to do better for, you know, my kids someday. Welcome to Unstoppable the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of profounding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. I am so incredibly excited to have Cynthia Sassy with us. Mm -hmm. I've been overthinking her name, so I'm so glad I said it. (laughs) Cynthia is a force in the online publishing for over a decade and has been working with some of the nation's most respected brands and publications. The president and founder of Fabulous Arizona and its parent company, Fabulous Media Group, Cynthia has a passion for helping local business owners and being a resource for readers. She is an authority on the subjects of online publishing, social media, digital marketing, web design, and entrepreneurship. Cynthia has overcome adversity in its various forms throughout her life and built her brand and team with only self-funding. That last Mm -hmm. sentence for you is so extremely powerful. I love meeting people who've literally been self-funded, self-made, and have been able to overcome some extreme adversities and tribulations that sometimes those moments will allow them to um, define who we are, but for you, you have overcome that. And so in lieu of the topic of the Unstoppable podcast, the very first question for this season, we will be asking all of our um, guests is, what is your unstoppable moment? What is the one thing that happened in your life that made you realize that you are unstoppable? regardless of your situations? Um, Gosh, I feel like there's so many different moments that could have, you know, were kind of forks in the road where I could have made different choices and maybe, you know, decided to give up on things. Um, And I feel like there were a lot of those different moments. Um, I think for me was when I first went self-employed was probably one of the most challenging um, because it wasn't necessarily... Uh, planned. <laughs> um, I knew I was going to go self-employed soon, but it wasn't, um, it, it ended up happening faster than I had anticipated. And so financially I wasn't ready. And um, all of my family and friends thought I was kind of crazy. And they were like, um, how on earth are you going to do this? You have bills to pay. And they kind of all were like, you know, you kind of just need to go get another job. So, um, and that's actually happened probably a couple times in my life. Um, also prior when I had first, like the, the year after I'd first started the fabulous brand, um, a, a similar situation where it kind of had the rug pulled from under me and it was like, you know, do I just let all this go and forget about it? And so, um, you know, really deciding that this is something that I really want. I see that there's a 
potential of what it could be if I really stick with it. But it was one of those decisions you have to make where I think you have to be honest with yourself. Like, does this really have potential? Mm -hmm. Um, And also, are you passionate enough to work for it? Because I feel like any business, regardless of what it is, is going to take hard work and it's, you're going to have those moments that are going to be difficult. And so you have to decide, is it going to be worth the sacrifices and sticking with it and, you know, and, pushing through instead of just giving up on it, which is what, you know, many people had recommended I do. (laughs) Yeah. And as much as these people who probably have our best interests, right. A lot of times they're just not, they're not right. And so we really have to listen to our intuition instead of being with love misguided, right. That's how, that's how I like to look at it is like, I know that you you think that you have my best intention, but the reality is, is that my intuition is telling me that there's something more and I have to keep pursuing it. And so you mm-hmm. have to be able to be your own cheerleader and be your own support system. And, you know, along the way, you then start to see that you were right. So... I absolutely admire everything that you do because I follow you on social media and that's oh, how thank you. Um, <laughs> I connected. But, you know, I'm going to just give you a little bit of background about my experience on social media and that's why I want to ask this question. But, you know, I really don't have <clears throat> a really strong background in social media. It was because of the pandemic that really made me and forced me into pivot into this world. And I see that you have years of um, online social media background. So I'd love to know, and I know the listeners would really want to understand, like, what is your business? Um, how did you create it? How did you start it? And what gave you this great idea to um, pursue it? And now, you know, you're extremely successful. Yeah. Um, so I, it was actually kind of a chance opportunity as a senior at ASU. I interned with an online um, publishing company. And this was, you know, not to date myself, but this is back in 2007. So Instagram did not exist yet. Um, Facebook was still really just um, college kids. Uh, You didn't have business pages yet or anything like that. So the whole social media game almost didn't even really exist yet. I mean, it was MySpace days. And so as far as businesses were concerned, um, you didn't really market on social media. It wasn't like that wasn't a thing yet. Um, So I interned with this company my senior year for class credit, um, fell in love with digital marketing. I loved that unlike magazines or TV, for example, like you can really see in real time what are people reading? What are they clicking on? What are they, you know, so you can kind of say, okay, people really liked this article. Let's do more of that. Or this ad performed really well. Let's do more of, you know, ads that look mm-hmm. like that because those are, those are doing well. Um, so I, I really loved like kind of the consumer behavior aspect of digital. The fact that you could see, you know, these actions and, and mm-hmm. things that were happening. So fell in love with it. And that just kind of, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for that internship because it really set the trajectory of my career. Um, I was going to ASU for marketing and back then, um, digital marketing was nowhere even on their radar as far as, you know, curriculum was concerned. So, uh, so coming out of college, I can't say that I've applied anything that I learned at ASU, um, not to, not to bash on ASU or anything, but it just was 
you know, for going into the the field that I did, there just wasn't a curriculum for that yet. So, um, so I learned a lot along the way through the different businesses I worked with. And so, um, you know, I've been at different online publishing companies for the most part and um, started as I, you know, grew Fabulous Arizona, which was birthed out of a passion for, um, you know, I loved the internet side, but I also loved helping the local business owners. So kind of being able to marry those two together of, you know, taking these concepts and ideas that I had learned from a national level from those businesses I had worked with and, you know, applying them on a local level um, was really kind of marrying those two passions for me. And um, that's kind of how Fabulous Arizona was born. And obviously, through that process, Instagram, you know, became a thing now TikTok, um, and obviously meeting local business owners, I started, you know, meeting people that needed help with digital marketing, whether that be they needed their website built, or they needed help with SEO or email marketing or their social media. Um, so that's kind of how I started becoming more of an expert in those areas mm -hmm. for these different businesses. Mm -hmm. And so I now technically have three separate businesses. Um, one is my personal brand. One is the fabulous media group brand, which is all the online magazines. And then the third is um, say less media, which is a marketing agency. And that's where we you know, we'll go in and actually help individual businesses with their um, online marketing. That's so impressive that you were able to really um, jump onto this, what I'm sure at the time seemed probably like a trend, right? Yeah. When you're saying that you graduated from 2006, don't worry, I'm same, same, <laughs> same era. But <clears throat> I mean, I remember when Facebook came out, not Facebook, MySpace came out and then Facebook started to kind of trickle in there and blogging was a huge um, part of people's lives yes. and everybody was wanting to blog and things like that. And you literally continued that and were like, I'm going to grow something from here and I'm going to continue pr to pursue it, right? Because I think sometimes when we see things that are trending, we're not always confident that it's going to stay, right, progressive and trending. Um, and then you see as the economy changes, areas that some people put all of their love and passion in sometimes crumble. And we saw that during the pandemic, right, where when you are really honed into one area, um, if the market crashes in that area or something happens, there's just you really got into this niche market that is going to be very strongly sustainable and it's just going to progressively grow. So that's really amazing. I would love to know more about you though, as well, um, your background. I'd love to know, you know, did you grow up in Arizona? Um, I'm not from Arizona, so I'm still learning how fabulous Arizona is and all the fun things. And I do learn from the locations that you um, talk about, the restaurants and everything. So give us a little bit of background about you and, and how you became an entrepreneur. Like, what was the thing that drove you to become that? Yeah, you know, I feel like there was something in me at a young age that I knew, like, someday I'm going to own a business. And so um, I think that that was somewhat for whatever reason ingrained in me. I don't know where it came from necessarily. Um, both of my parents work very blue collar, like nine to five jobs, um, you know, uh, and so growing up, we didn't have a lot of money and um, we moved, we actually, I was born in Wisconsin and we moved to Arizona um, mid nineties. So I was around 10 and, um, you know, we thought it was really cool, like palm trees and everything. Um, and so, so I'm really grateful that we did come out here. Um, I feel like it's offered us a lot more opportunity. Um, I feel like, you know, in Wisconsin, it's, uh, 
a different, uh, I think, mentality of like you grow, you know, you kind of go through this process of you, you know, get married, you have kids, you buy the house, you, you know, do all these steps in a certain way. And it's kind of, you know, that's, that's the path and that's what everybody does. Yeah. Um, whereas down here, it kind of felt like there was more opportunity to kind of maybe take different paths and do different things a different way here. Um, so definitely grateful for our family having moved down here. Um, and so I actually went to school over in Glendale um, at Glendale High School. Um, which is uh, most people know Glendale for like where the Cardinal Stadium is, but we were kind of more central Glendale, um, which is a little ghetto. I was actually robbed at gunpoint <laughs> at one point. So, um, um, so definitely, uh, you know, I look back at that stuff and I, you know, think, oh gosh, I, you know, wish I had so much more growing up, but at the same time, it, I, it definitely has built who I am um, today and also makes me, you know, more appreciative of things. And I feel like I work harder and, um, and have a better work ethic because of, you know, growing up with so little. I honestly, I, I resonate with that quite a bit because it's, it's one of those things. And even I do have children, right? And for me, I'm like, I just want to give my kids what um, I didn't have growing up. I mean, we mm -hmm. came from a family who struggled quite a bit. And I was so excited when we could put clothes on layaway, like back in the day when they we had layaway. Oh, I remember layaway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that I would never change that for anything because it really has um, defined who I am and how hard I work. And these are challenges that I have to face with my children today on gratitude. Um, I think a lot of the uh, kids today um, suffer from the lack of gratitude. And this is, it's, it's difficult as a parent because you want to give them the things that you didn't have, but then there's such blessings that come from learning how to appreciate, work hard, and understand that you have to have perseverance behind it to carry it forward. One thing that you do very, very well, which is a beautiful thing, and I think I have heard you mention this on other podcasts that you've been on, but you make social media look so easy. I love it. And it's because you have found, right? But I know that it's not easy, but you have found that perfect formula on how to create this and I'm sure that you have this, um, this routine and you have your team behind you that supports you. I would love for the listeners to know, what is it really like being on social media? What is it, um, what are the difficulties that are behind it and that you face? Because I have a service-based company, but I have promoted and grown my company over the last two years on online. And I will say that it's been sometimes difficult for me on the that psyche level. And I've had to learn how to not care about what other people think. So yeah. for you, since you've been essentially in front of the camera for years and years, and you've put your heart and soul into creation, what is that like for you? And how have you been able to overcome some of the difficulties that do come along with that? Yeah, well, to give you a little perspective, um, between the between Fabulous Media Group and the uh, agency, I run about 15 different Instagram accounts. So uh, I'm very, very busy. That's amazing. Um, obviously I <laughs> 
Yeah, I do have, um, you know, a team, obviously, but I still am like hands on on every single account. I mean, there is mm-hmm. nothing, there's no account that I don't touch every single day. So very, very involved. But um, I, you know, touching on, uh, you know, what you were talking about with people, you know, you've got a lot of trolls and haters and people judging you and even judging your content. I mean, even some of my clients, um, you know, we have people that um, have complained that we have too many pretty people in our photos, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, you're getting judged from every angle, regardless. Um, obviously when it's your personal account, it's even worse, um, because you know, it's a, an actual human being and not just a business. Um, but you know, you have to think back when I started fabulous Arizona, that was 11 years ago. And this was before influencers were a thing. This is before Instagram existed. And so it was, um, you know, when I'm out there putting myself out there the way everyone pretty much does now, that was so new back then. And it was so weird that I got a lot of hate. Like people thought that I was self-absorbed and that I was, you know, just posting too much about myself on social media and people, you know, which obviously now that's totally normal. People document their days all day on social media. Uh, (laughs) that's completely normal, but for back then it wasn't, it wasn't the norm. And so, um, I had tons of online haters and the thing that I had to, um, really instill in myself was, um, you know, if they don't know me personally, don't take it personal. And there was not one single person that had something, you know, bad to say that actually really knew me. (laughs) And especially when you're talking about online, it's like a lot of these people don't know you at all. They're, they're basing some opinion off of a photo that they've seen. Um, so, you know, that's the thing that I I preach that all the time, especially for people that are newly getting into the social media game. Um, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to grow this thick skin and really try and put into perspective, um, you know, the fact that these people don't personally know you, they haven't sat down across from you at a table and had a conversation with you. Um, so you really can't take what they're saying to heart. And, um, you, you also, I mean, for me, I usually look at, you know, if someone is spewing that kind of negativity to somebody that they don't know, um, they must be really unhappy themselves or going through something in their own lives that, you know, really, I just kind of feel bad for them, um, that they're that unhappy that they're trying to tear other people down. So, so I kind of look at it more like that. Like I feel bad for them rather than, you know, me being upset and, you know, internalizing whatever it is that they're saying. Did that take you some time to learn these habits or? (laughs) Yeah. You know, some yeah, people I mean, don't care, but I'm not. I'm such an, I'm a kind of an empath. And so it took me about, I would say six to eight months where I finally was like, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah, it used to bother me a lot. I'm just, I'm just like you. I'm so much an em- empathetic person and I care about, you know, I care about what people think to an extent. Um, and it's one of those things where just over time, and I think it's also because mm-hmm. of age probably too, is just, um, you know, you become so confident in yourself and, you know, and you have to think about what are my intentions and, you know, I know me better than anybody and I know what my intentions are and who I am and I can't, you know, allow someone else, someone else's thoughts or, you know, need someone else's validation to feel good about what I'm doing and what I know um, my intentions are. So it definitely takes time. And I think it's a maturity thing too. And that's why I kind of say maybe time and age, you know, kind of factor into that as it makes it a little bit easier. Um, But I feel like the more you put yourself out there, the easier it is to get that skin. If you continue, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it would be easier to just not post anything because then nobody can judge you or say anything about you. But where are you going to go and how are you going to grow if you don't 
put yourself out there like that. Um, you won't. So, um, so it's kind of, you kind of have to make that decision of, you know, if you want to stay and hide in the, the shadows, then, you know, sure, you won't have anybody saying anything about you. But if you want to put yourself out there in any shape or form, um, I mean, it could even be family that might be judging you, um, yep. you know, and it's, you got to kind of have to make that decision of, you know, is it worth kind of building that thick skin and dealing with potential haters um, to put yourself out there for something that's, you know, maybe a bigger goal of yours. So since you have been in the social media world for such a long time <clears throat> and you've been able to see um, how society has changed in the way that we build and grow businesses, I have over the last two two years, oh my gosh, yes, it's been two years, I am a time flies. Firm, no. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if you are not creating a social media brand presence online, you your business, your success is missing the boat. I would love to know your thoughts, your feedback on that because I've been able to grow my company, of course, with my business partner, but I handle all this, um, the marketing and business development. But, you know, we were able to grow into a seven figure business in less than two years because of social media. Mm -hmm. And now when I see other businesses and they're just like, well, I don't understand it. Um, somebody, you know, with your expertise, I'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on if companies are not utilizing social media, you know, where are they in their their success potential? Well, obviously they're missing a big, um, you know, piece of people finding them. I mean, even if it's not just people finding them while they're scrolling Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, um, people, there's um, a statistic that the majority of people, when they go to research a business, so let's say you go Google to find a restaurant or mm -hmm. you Google to find, um, you know, a service that you're, you're seeking out. Um, most people will go to your social media channels to check out your social media. Even if they've gone and Googled you and looked at your Yelp and they went to your website, they're still going to take that extra step to go look at your social media. So if you're not posting and, um, you're, you're not really on there at all, um, it could very well deter somebody from even, you know, coming into your business. And even though they didn't necessarily find you on social media, um, there, it's kind of almost a resume, if you will. And so yeah. people are going to see photos and, you know, have other people tagged you and what, what are other people saying? So, um, so it's really such a, a powerful tool in that sense too, is that's how people are also, you know, looking you up and doing their research using your social media channels. Um, so I know a lot of people feel like, oh, I can't get any reach on, you know, Facebook or Instagram. And, and while, you know, I feel like I, I've seen a lot of businesses abandoning like their Facebook page because, oh, well, business pages can't get any reach unless you're buying ads. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is a lot of people are going to your Facebook page to go do that research. And if you haven't posted yeah. in years, um, yeah. people are going to one thing, maybe you're closed or like you're not relevant or it's just, it's not, you know, so I, I recommend that, you know, people keep everything up to date. Um, maybe it doesn't have to be, you know, maybe you're a small one man show and you don't have the capacity to be like pumping out all this creative content every day. Um, you know, even if it's just posting two, three times a week, um, consistency is the biggest thing. So you can go ahead and say, you know, you can batch that stuff, sit down for an hour and say, okay, here are the next six posts I'm going to do and, you know, plan them out ahead of time instead of, you know, trying to do it on the fly and then days go by and you haven't posted anything. And um, so if you just, you know, kind of a lot, just a little bit of time to, yeah. you know, plan something out, um, it'll, it'll be more efficient. And it's just, like I said, even if you're just treating it as a resume, um, it's, it's something is better than nothing. <laughs> 
No, it's so true. And I love that if you just allot that time, right? And you just put maybe you post multiple times a week. So two times a week, that's what, um, eight posts a month. If you just put it into one day where you just focus on it, it actually can make such a huge difference and impact in your business um, rather than just telling yourself, I don't have the time. Because we always have the time. We just have to set it aside. I get asked that question all the time in regards to my posting and our, you know, our content creation. And when you realize that it's a form of growth for your business, and then you will start monetizing, then you'll, you'll put it as a priority. Um, I would love to know what are the things that motivate you? What, it, what makes you so passionate about social media marketing? Um, so I think, you know, every different piece of my business, because there are so many different things that I do, um, it all kind of comes back to helping people. So while, you know, what I do sounds like it's just a lot of glamorous, you know, digital stuff, like with the magazine and everything, it just, it sounds really superficial, a lot of the stuff that I do. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the online magazine, for example, it serves to the, our readers as a resource for them to find places to go and things to do and restaurants to go to, which then they're creating memories. And these are things that, you know, make them happy. So it's kind of got this, you know, trickle down effective at the end of the day, it's helping, you know, the readers, yeah. you know, find things that make them happy. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the business owners, um, you know, whether it be my marketing clients or potentially advertisers or people we feature on the website, um, the fact that we're helping get the word out for these business owners. And this is actually why when I started my business, I had also worked for companies that were national, which I knew there was probably a lot more money in launching a national website as opposed to a local one, because obviously mm-hmm. national brands have much bigger pockets. Um, but I, my passion was, you know, helping the local business owners because it's yeah. so rewarding to get to meet a local business owner and hearing their story and why they started their business and knowing that like when customers come in the door, it's, you know, genuinely makes them happy and helps them. Um, as opposed to like working with like accounting executive at Target, (laughs) it's just not as rewarding of an experience. Um, so that's why I really love, you know, like that aspect of it, of helping, you know, people. And then my personal brand is also, you know, I do like the speaking and coaching and stuff like that. And that fuels again, that kind of helping others, um, aspect. So, so in one way or another, I feel like all of the pieces yeah. are about helping people. And um, and so the fact that I get up every morning, like excited about what I'm working on and um, and seeing clients happy or readers excited that they found something, you know, they didn't know about, like that's the stuff that fuels me. And just for my listeners, this is in my belief, 100% why Cynthia is so extremely successful because I am a firm believer that when you put your passion behind doing good before making money, everything else is going to fall into place. And you are an example to that. I mean, you just shared how what motivates you is doing good, is helping other Mm -hmm. people. And you have created a business from that and it is going to monetize, but your main focus has been helping others. And I, I'm such a firm believer and I've seen it over and over with other businesses that have thrived and then who have failed. And it's 
the companies that fail or stay stagnant are the ones that are so focused on the dollar, on the money, rather than the deep purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. And it can be literally anything, right? For you, you do social media, but you have the ability to change businesses and bring customers and opportunity and help them grow. And that is a huge impact in the community and those that you're helping. Well, and I think it's also the difference between between like short-term and long-term. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can maybe see some short-term success when you're focused on the dollar because you're, you know, maybe quickly bringing money in. But over the long-term, if you've done good, like that good is going to come back to you. I mean, there have been people that, you know, I've done something nice to, for them years ago and maybe they didn't need my services or, you know, need to, uh, or couldn't work with me at that time. But then years down the road, things circle back around and they remember, gosh, Cynthia was so great to work with. Like, you know, let's, I'm going to refer her to my friend or now I can afford her. So now I'm going to work with her. Um, so, you know, I think building that reputation of being, you know, putting, um, you know, your ethics and, um, and just the, the overall good ahead of the money, I think is, is what's, you know, that's, yeah. that's the piece to surviving long-term, I think. Yeah. If, you're, if you're trying to build a long-term business, that's the route to go, I would say. Money isn't, money is a great thing, right? Money is the thing that continues to give us freedom. It gives us uh, the ability to create beautiful things, enjoy life. And making money um, is obviously our goal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. There's, so yeah. there's, there's absolutely no, sh- like, I'm somebody who's like, I'm going to manifest in my mind that I'm going to make this much money, but my focus is doing good, is helping people, right? And for me, doing a service with my business and creating an impact in what we do is how I give back to society. And I love hearing that from another successful entrepreneur that helping others is what drives them and to see other successful entrepreneurs successful right where they've put in front of them doing good and everything else follows i hope that other people see that and choose to go that route with their businesses and being a positive impact in their community um you know i faced a lot of adversity in my life um and it's always really good to be able to know what other people have gone through because it really helps guide other people to feel like their circumstances don't define who they are. And so I would love to know, you know, has there been something an adversity in your life that you felt was so trying that maybe you felt like you weren't going to be able to overcome it, but you you know, were able to, and obviously here you are today. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Um, well, something that I uh, haven't talked about publicly much, but I think it's um, you know something that um, is important that I think that a lot of people can, I, I feel like people sometimes look at me because I'm so polished on the outside, um, which I don't realize that I'm projecting that, but I'm told that things seem so put together all the time, which I'm glad it looks that way. Um, but um, my um, father has been a drug addict my entire life. And so, um, you know, growing up, we went through a lot of trauma and issues um, because of his drug addictions. And the thing that actually moved us down here from Wisconsin was him to go to rehab. And he went and that didn't go very well. And so um, he continued to be a drug addict up, up until um, he was back in rehab, I think it was about three years ago. Um, and he was 
and the only reason he finally went to rehab is because he was going to be homeless again and he didn't want to, you know, live on the street. So he agreed to go back into rehab. And um, so I didn't have a relationship with him for a long time. And so it's something that, you know, a lot of business owners that I've met, um, a lot of them seem to have one or both parents that really have this entrepreneurial background or they have some kind of like, you know, uh, background to where they, they have that advice and guidance to provide. Whereas like, I've never had that. And so it's like everything that I've done, I've had to kind of figure out on my own. I didn't have like, you know, parents to go to, to be like, Oh, well, how did you guys do this or that? Or, you know, what do you think about this business idea? Like, I just didn't have that. And so instead I've been kind of the parent of like trying to, you know, make sure he's okay. And, um, and I actually moved him, um, out, he got out of rehab and they put the transitional homing is not a very good neighborhood because obviously mm. it's government funded. Mm. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this chance and this risk on moving him over here to Scottsdale in an area where I feel like he has a better chance of, you know, staying clean. Yeah. And it's been quite an, a journey, um, very up and down. He's also, you know, dealing with, um, like bipolar, which it's kind of hard to tell like what's bipolar versus what's, you know, a mm -hmm. lifelong drug addiction, you know, mental issues. So, um, so it's just, it's something that I deal with every day that a lot of people mm -hmm. don't know that, um, you know, cause I am now kind of like his apartments in my name and I, you know, kind of take care of all of his bills and that sort of thing. So, um, so it's something that I have to deal with and on a, on a constant basis on top of running all my businesses, mm -hmm. these are things that, you know, it's there. So, um, so I, it's something that I don't share very often. Cause I just, I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's not my business, I guess, to share cause it's my dad's, you know, life. But, um, but it is something that I feel like people need to know that uh, those are things maybe I don't share, but there's all this other chaos going on mm -hmm. in the background. And you, yeah. you know, if you, uh, really want something enough, like you can still find a way to do it and to get that focus and to, um, you know, overcome these, these challenges and these things that are going to, could potentially derail you or hold you back. Um, you know, cause there's days where I'm trying to get work done and, you know, there's some crisis I have to go deal with for him. And, and so, um, so it's, it doesn't have to be easy or laid out for you, um, in order for you to be able to make it happen. Extremely powerful because you have literally shared with people that you literally can have like the most crazy and insane day, but yet here you are yeah. still functioning and still getting what you need to get done. You're still able to be successful. And I'm so, so glad that you shared that with me and obviously the listeners, but it's because it really paints that picture of reality, of real life, what we all are going through, but yet all we see is what you're going to see online. And so, you know, people have that, um, they want everything to be done very quickly and easily, and they don't realize that really we're all struggling with something or dealing with something. And you know, things don't come easy. So I want this to lead really into, I wanted to ask if you believe in mindset and manifestation. And if you do, what do you do to, um, to practice that and implement that into your life? Yeah. I mean, I really feel like mindset's everything. Um, you know, you get to decide, like, you know, I could have taken the the route of, oh, woe is me. And I have this, you know, horrible childhood and upbringing and like, 
that's, you know, I can't do these things because of that. Um, and instead I said, no, if anything, this is going to be my fuel to do better. And I want to do better for me. I want to do better for, you know, my kids someday. Um, and so it, it's kind of, you know, you have that option of like, which route are you going to take? And so, um, I think mindset's everything. Um, I'm really, you know, a big proponent of just, you know, positive mindset, focusing on the good, um, dwelling on the bad doesn't change it. So I just don't, I just, I, I don't believe in, you know, um, yes, everybody needs to kind of take their time to, to feel sad or whatever it is for what they're going through. And I'm not saying that you just bury those things and don't, you know, deal with them, but I also don't think you dwell on them. And, um, so one of my favorite practices is, um, doing, um, gratitude journaling daily. Um, I know some people like to do it in the morning to kind of set their day, but, um, I like doing it in the evening because it's kind of like, when you get to the end of the day, sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm drained. It was like, what a like exhausting day. And this went wrong and that went wrong. But then when you sit down and really like think about it and it's like, how mm-hmm. blessed was my day actually? <laughs> like um, yeah. I have a roof over my head and running water and like, you know, yeah, my day was crazy because I get to run a business that I love. Like how lucky am I? Like there's so many people that hate their job or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I think, you know, sitting down and doing that and regardless of, you know, where your situation is at, if you're up here or down here, or whatever it is you're you're at in life at that point, there's always something to be thankful for and to be grateful for. And there's always someone, you know, that like would kill for the things that you have. So um so that's why I think the gratitude journaling is so important for the mindset thing. And I know you're kind of talking about that with, you know, how do we instill gratitude in our kids and stuff? Yeah. Um, because you know, really putting things in a perspective of, you know, um, even if like, you know, back when I first started my business, I mean, there were days that like, I didn't know how I was going to pay rent, but the fact that like the lights are still on and the water's running, like, you know, I got to take a shower today. <laughs> I got to eat. So like, like, I there's, get it. <laughs> like there's pros somewhere. So I think just really finding, you know, putting things in perspective and finding those, you know, um, those positive things that you really can be grateful for is what, you know, really has kind of helped move me along on tough days. Yeah. I, gratitude is, I mean, it's so simplistic. We're told that all the time. I tell my kids, be grateful. But the power behind gratitude is without words. When you feel grateful for your life and like what you're saying, I have a roof over my head, I have a bed I get to sleep in, I have food in my fridge. This feeling of happiness exuberates from you and then you are flooded with creativity. You're flooded with ideas, um, prosperity, and whatever energy that you're putting out into the world, you are attracting again. And so something so simplistic about being grateful It's interesting how the most simplest things that we can do can be the hardest to stay consistent with, Mm -hmm. right? And to to do every single day. I'm a huge believer of manifestation. Is that something that you, um, do you believe in that? Or is that something that you you utilize in your life? Um, I think that... um manifestation, I think that there's a little bit of a misconception about it in terms of, I feel like some people are like, well, if I think these things, or if I put this on a vision board, it's going to happen. And I'm such a firm believer in hard work (laughs) and putting a plan together and, and, um, you know, executing it. So I think both pieces need to be there. Um, I think if you're not in the right mindset, the plan's not going to work. So like, like you said, you do like what you're putting out there is what's going to come back to you. So I feel like if you're not, you know, 
in the right mindset or manifesting things in the right way. Um, you can have this plan in place, but you, it, it may not come to fruition without the, you know, mindset piece. Um, but I also, if you don't have the plan and the, the hard work, the manifestation piece is not enough by itself. So I just feel like they have to really work hand in hand, I guess is, yes. um, you know, my, my take on it. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's exactly how I would explain it too, as well. Like you can't mm -hmm. have one without the other. You have to be able to essentially like have each category and every day kind of be putting in your little, you know, your money every single day into, into yeah. each category. Cause one is absolutely not without the other. I don't, I believe in manifestation, but I don't believe that if I think about it hard enough, it's going to happen. I've got to put in the hard right. work. <laughs> yeah. And I have to think about, you know, how I want my life. How does, how does this feel? Um, <clears throat> If there is three mantras that you would tell your younger self to get you to where you are today, um, a little bit easier, right? This positivity that you could help give yourself, what would those three mantras be? Um, that's a great question. Because um, I mean, I, I feel like there's like everything that like, I feel like I had to go through all the things that I went through to get to this point. So I don't know that I could have like learned lessons any faster or um, anything like that. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned more recently that I kind of wish I probably would have um, figured out or learned sooner was kind of the um, idea of the people you surround yourself with definitely affect, um, you know, your, uh, how, like what you're going to be able to do. It, it'll affect your business. It'll affect your mindset. It'll affect your personal life. Um, and so, you know, one thing that I did realize is, you know, the, the people you spend the most time with are going to heavily affect um, your success. And so um, I feel like that's something that, you know, before it would was like, well, you know, uh, you're kind of hanging on to these people that have just been there. Um, but maybe they're no longer in the same, you know, space that you are, or they're really negative. And so every time you're talking to them, everything's complaining and negativity. And whether you realize it or not, that stuff, you know, affects you. Um, even if you're yeah. trying to be that positive person, um, listening and being around somebody that's got such negative energy all the time does have an impact on you. It could have an impact on your business. Um, so that's one thing that I feel like I wish I would have learned a little sooner was, you know, maybe you need to start cutting out people, um, that are having that negative impact. Um, yeah. that's probably one of the biggest things I can think about because the rest of the stuff, I just feel like I had to, to learn it when I learned it and go through yeah. things the way I went through them because of the lessons that were learned in the process. Who you choose to surround yourself is a, is a major impact on your success as much as we want to think that they can be two separate things, you know, they can be somebody who's draining or negative and make you question what you're doing and <clears throat> remain that positive and optimistic person. So I think that's, I mean, I, tr I totally understand. And I do agree that there are moments in your life where you're like, I needed to learn this at this time and you don't want to rush the process. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that you um, were able to join us on this podcast. You gave us so many amazing nuggets and I love seeing the authenticity in you and your vulnerability of being able to share what life is, what life is like being an entrepreneur and your success behind it. So before we 
end this podcast, I would love to give you an opportunity to share where people can find you and any anything that you've got going on that you want to share with our audience. Yeah, definitely. Well, my personal social media is Cynthia Sassy. It's, uh, that's the handle on all platforms, which is great. Um, and then for Fabulous Media Group, we actually have our sixth state launching this month. So Fabulous Nevada is launching this month. So we're very excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, all of the states are Fabulous Nevada, Fabulous Arizona. Those are all the handles and domain names as well. So um, we have five states now. It's Wisconsin, Iowa, um, Washington, California, and Arizona. And then Nevada will be the sixth. So if you live in any of those Amazing. states, you have wow. to check Look them out. <laughs> Rock star. Look at her just kicking ass in the social media world. <laughs> if anybody is wanting to learn and watch someone do it right, check out Cynthia. She is a freaking rock star. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Unstoppable. Make sure to visit my website, kranaburton.com, where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you never miss a show. While you're at it, make sure to leave a review. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Karina Burton. And remember, your past and current circumstances do not define your future. Keep chasing after your dreams into reality.